Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So here I am again with my new technology and my effort to get into the 21st century. So let me just figure this out a little bit. Press that button. Come over there. All righty then. Talking. Okay. Well, Shabbat Shalom again. You know. The other night uh, on, on Rosh Hashanah, I began to talk to you about renewal. And we talked a little bit about personal renewal, which is obviously a, a very important thing. And the first step in, in any kind of real substantive change that goes on in one's life and in the life of any community or in the life of our country or the world itself. It always has to start here. If it doesn't start here, don't expect it to come from the outside and bring it in. All revival starts from within, not from without. So we began to talk about that renewal uh, last time we were together. Knowing that it emanates, it, 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 it emerges from our connection to God. That he must be the source of all renewal in our lives. Because he is the source of life itself. You know, see, we cannot give life to others. Nobody can. Only the Holy Spirit can do that because that is the source of life. What we need to do is to share the life that we have with others and to teach them, tell them that that life is available to them as well. In this way, the world can be changed. In his book, Jewish Renewal, Rabbi Michael Lerner, he said this about Judaism, but I think it applies to Messianic Judaism even more so. He says this, in its heart, Judaism is a proclamation to the world that the way things are is not the way things have to be. The capacity to transform our world into one of justice and kindness, a world in which our own ability to embody an ethical and spiritual unity is nurtured and enhanced, is a constituent element in how God created the world. Hence, the central story of Judaism is the story of a people who are enslaved and who, because of the principle of freedom that governs the universe, and I would say empowered by the faithfulness of our Messiah Yeshua, are unable to become free and to embody the unity of our ethical and spiritual natures. But this has to happen to us first. Before we can bring it to the world, we must undergo that personal renewal so that we might be agents of transformation in the communities that we serve. Ours is a message of freedom, as it says in the scripture. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. So, how are we going to do this? I need to... My you see the challenge I'm offering for you today. You are my witnesses. 
Once that personal renewal has occurred, there's the opportunity for powerful witness in the world. And it's about that witness that I want to speak today. So we'll start here with the scripture. This is from Isaiah chapter 44, beginning in verse 1 and following. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jishran, whom I have chosen. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. And they will spring up among the grass like poplars by streams of water. And this one will say, I am the Lord's. And that one will call on the name of Jacob. And another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord, and will name Israel's name with honor. We are empowered by God's Spirit, but not for our own sake alone. See, so I think sometimes we get a little narcissistic about our faith and about our own spirituality. That it's, it's about me. It's all about me. You know, that as long as I'm being taken care of, then God is good. God is wonderful. But he does not give it to us for ourselves alone. He gives it to us that we might share it with the world. To make a difference in the world. To make a world of justice and goodness. That's what it's for. If we hold on to it too tightly for ourselves, if it's just about us, if it's just about me, then it dies with me. Then that life that was given, really, it burns out. Ever feel that way about your faith anyway? You ever feel that way? How many of you are feeling like really on top of your faith right now? Really on top of it? I see no hands. Now that's a shame, because there ought to be a few anyway. And maybe in this time of renewal, in this Shabbat Shuvah, this returning, this repentance, we might find the fire that will allow us to raise our hand that we are on top of our faith. We are on top of it because we know who we are and what we're doing, why we're in this in the first place. should be a reason. A reason beyond my own, I don't know, self-satisfaction. If we're empowered by the Spirit of God, if the Lord is truly with us, then that power to change not only ourselves but the world will exist, will, will emanate, will just flow forth from us. This is what I want. He says, for I'll pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. God is ready to pour it all out in overflowing uh, abundance. 
And what we need to do is to be agents of that Spirit of God. So here comes the challenge. Okay, I want to get right here. Okay? First of all, let me go back to that first one. Right? So it says, this says the Lord, uh, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last and there is no God beside me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order from the time that I established the ancient nation and let them declare to them the things that are coming and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. I have not, have I not long since announced it to you and declared it. Ve'ata'idei. For you are my witnesses. Is there any God beside me or is there any other rock? I know of none. Ve'ata'idei. You are my witnesses. See, if we have that, power in us, then there's going to be a powerful witness to the power of God, the life that is in God, the life that the whole world longs for. You know, the whole world walks around like uh, it's half in a daze, when what we're longing for is the abundance of life that Messiah Yeshua promised. you remember that promise? I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Not, listen, not existence, not moping through life, not getting up and doing the same old thing every day as if, you know, we're just waiting for the grim reaper to come and take us away. But a life that matters. We are his witnesses. But witness, what is that? What is that? Now I'm going to challenge you all as I come up with a definition for you, to be this in your life, in your everyday life, in your work, in the people you encounter. I don't care if you go out on the street and beat people up over it. Whatever you have to do. But I'm going to give you a definition. So let's see. Let's use dictionary.com, you know, because after all, I don't have a paper dictionary anymore. So I'll use them. Perhaps they can help us. This is how they define this as a, a witness. An individual, uh, let's see, uh, an individual who being present personally sees or perceives a thing. A beholder, a spectator, or an eyewitness. Keep those in mind, right? We're going to go over each one of these. Secondly, a person or a thing that affords evidence. That affords evidence or provides evidence, right? And thirdly, a person who gives testimony as in a court of law, all right? So these are the three ways in which we might define the word witness. What does that mean? We are witnesses in that we, as beholders, those who personally see and perceive of God's truth, we've been renewed as a, a Jewish community in Messiah Yeshua. Therefore, we should be living proof 
That life in Messiah is that which completes the community of Israel. That's what we should be. You understand me? Not, you know, little odds and ends of, you know, of broken people. But people who stand as a testimony of the power of God in the life of Israel. People of faith. People who are willing to follow the covenants. To be faithful to the word of God. Wherever they are and whatever they're doing. No excuses. No excuses. No, listen, I need to comply, I need to comply with the, you know, the world around me. I don't want anybody to think I'm weird or strange. But one who are actual testimony or witness of that, a living example. However, we cannot do this work of a witness until, unless we ourselves see and experience the renewal in our personal lives and in the life of our communities. In order to do that, we must immerse ourselves in vibrant Jewish life and bring to it the power of the Ruach. You see that? Because that's what we've been given. We've been given the Holy Spirit. And with that, we can do, we can do wonders. There are many, there are, we can bring the energy, the hope, the life into our, you know, often I hear, you know, you know problems about, you know, certain, our services, you know, sometimes our services get dull, or sometimes they get repetitive, whatever. Poppycock. Okay? Here's the deal. Bring your Holy Spirit with you, and you can read the alphabet, and you will have an experience with God. You know, there's a marvelous little story of a boy who goes with his father to the shul. And he's, you know, he's, he hasn't gone to school, so he doesn't have any, have any real training or anything. And he wants to pray. He sees all these men praying, you know, davening uh, vigorously in the, in, in the synagogue. And he's so brokenhearted because he can't do that. And his father said, teaches him a lesson, and he says, here's what you can do. Read the Aleph Bet with all your heart. And so the boy begins, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet. And the Spirit of God rises up in him. So please don't tell me we're playing the wrong music, piece of music. Or we're not jumping up and down like maniacs or whatever it is we're doing. It's what's going on in our heart. What's going on in our connection with Hashem that matters the most. If you're not feeling it, it's because of you, not because of anything anybody else is doing. Always remember that. I don't care where you go. So, we bring the Holy Spirit into a thing. And if we bring that Spirit, people will see and be changed and be renewed themselves. This is what we do. We must immerse ourselves in that vibrant Jewish life and bring the power of the Ruach to it. And, and we must encourage lives of prayer and study and the mitzvot, energized by faith in Yeshua, cultivating and enriching these activities by, relying, by reliance on the Ruach's empowerment. The, the Ruach is our food. But we need these other things, like prayer, and study, and the doing of our mitzvot, 
in order to build ourselves up and strengthen us and make us powerful. That will be a tremendous testimony to our people Israel. Only when we've done this will we see and experience clearly the power of that renewal. Secondly, it says, well, you know, we're people who afford evidence. And our communities will afford the evidence of Messiah Yeshua when the people of those communities begin to live out the power of the kingdom in their everyday lives. In other words, when you have all this wonderful excitement and joy and all this, all this energy, what does it do to you personally as a human being and how you relate to others in this world? Do you have compassion? You care. Listen, we have a world that's hurting right now, man. The whole earth is groaning for one reason or another. Don't ask me why it's now and not tomorrow or the next day or a year from now or whenever. But it's hurting right now. What are your priorities as far as that is concerned? Are you concerned for the poor, for the people who can't, who don't have? Or are you so concerned about your own wealth, your own power, your own comfort, that you would be willing to sacrifice on the altar of your shame their lives. Not me. You see, that's when we can give evidence that we're a community of faith. When we're willing to lay our lives down for the lives of others. So, this means that not only do we live faithful Jewish lives, but the supernatural is experienced in our life frequently. I want to see that. It may not be directly in our power to have God answer our prayers on demand, but through our obedience to his word and our faith in the power of the Messiah, answered prayer should be the norm among us. If our communities merely exhibit the same characteristics of those as the society at large, why should anyone and particularly our own people, the Jewish people, want to join us or pay the price that comes with the marginalization we face as Messianic Jews. No. No, instead our very lives must be evidence of the power of Hashem in us, our hope of glory. When we reflect that reality, our walls will not be able to contain the people seeking his power. I believe that. Perhaps most controversially, we need to give testimony of the reality of Yeshua as the Messiah of the Jewish people. See? A person who gives testimony as in a court of law. I'm convinced that we must be in the business of this pro- proclamation. Perhaps the traditional methods of that proclamation must be altered, but the reality of the proclamation cannot, uh, cannot be denied. This is not inconsistent with other subgroups within the Jewish world. We're all aware of groups like Chabad and Aisha Torah. And these groups unabashedly reach out to Jews everywhere with the purpose of bringing them back to a more observant way of life. Believing that by doing so, they hasten the coming of the Messiah and the Alam Haba. How much more so should we have the same sense of purpose 
we who are believers in Messiah Yeshua. We must be in a position to proclaim that truth to our people. Joe, you just spent two years, three years, whatever it is down there in Brooklyn doing exactly that, right? That's where it comes from. I want to tell you, uh, some of you know this story already, but I, I, I'll tell it again. You know, uh, for years, I had two good, really good friends who I studied with week after week after week. Every Monday or Tuesday, depending on the guy, I would spend an hour and a half, two hours. On Mondays with a, a rabbi, an, an Orthodox rabbi who lives in the area. I'm not going to tell you who he is because he never wanted he never wanted that. But he, believe me, he's a real person. And he and I would study Talmud every Monday morning in my house for two hours. I had a second friend who's an evangelical pastor. Some of you know him, you know Alfred Watts. And let me tell you something about my test, my witness to them. My witness to each one of these men was as a Jew, as a Messianic Jew, a Jewish believer in Messiah Yeshua. Because there's where the power of my witness lie. I could sit with my friend, my rabbi friend, every morning, every Monday morning. We could study the word together, knowing that each of us loved God, had a desire for our people to know him, even though we had a significant difference in the way in which we approached that reality. But I could be a witness to him because he saw me as a Jew, okay, who disagreed with him. Now, I happen to be a more open-minded than some of my rabbi acquaintances. But it was the, the fact that I was a Jew witnessing to him about Messiah Yeshua that made the difference to him. And the same thing was true, of, is true, of my friend Alfred. It's not because I believe in Messiah Yeshua alone that my witness is powerful to him. It's because I am a Jew who is witnessing of God's faithfulness to Israel in the face of, uh, uh, it, uh, along with my faith in Messiah Yeshua. That we could agree on Messiah Yeshua. We don't have, a lot of things we don't agree on. But, our, but the testimony is in my being who I am. You see? Each of us is given that spirit. If we're here in this room, if you're here in this room and you're serious about being here in this room among the Messianic Jewish people, this is the job. This is why you were called here if you're not Jewish. It's, called, it's why you're called if you are. This is the challenge I want to offer to us, that we go out there, be a testimony of the faithfulness of God to his people Israel. We're empowered by Messiah Yeshua to do this. And we should share this with our people, even in the face of rejection, alienation, even ridicule, because all of those things are possible. But if we have the power of the Spirit enabling us, of giving us uh, the energy and the joy, we will see the results. Last scripture here. 
This portion comes from verses 21 through 23. It says, Zachar Yaakov, remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant, O Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. I have wiped out your transgressions like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Shout for joy, O heaven, for the Lord has done it. Shout, for, shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into a shout of joy, you mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows forth his glory. So I want you to remember three words. Three words that God gives us in this portion. That will be watch words for your own faith and your own testimony, your own witness, your own power. As you go about this, uh, this year. First one, remember. Remember that we belong to God and he is, he is the source of our energy, our strength, our power. It's the spirit within us. If we yield to that spirit that allows us to do great things in the world. Not just for ourselves, but for others. Remember. And then he tells us, Return. When we remember that it is God, return to him. Shuvah. It's the whole point of this day. For us to return to the Lord. To be a part of him. See, God never leaves. We leave him. We get distracted. You know, I was thinking something about idolatry. The other, I was reading a, a portion of the scripture uh, in the whole of... Uh, Isaiah 44, I think, 44 or 43. And it talks about how a man takes a piece of wood that he harvests from his field or in the forest. And out of this piece of wood, he may take some of it and throw it in the fire to warm himself. And then he takes a little bit more of it and he shapes it into something to, as a utensil or a tool. And then he takes a third portion of it and he carves an idol out of it and he bows down to the ground. He bows down. Same piece of wood. And Isaiah makes a fool of the person by telling him exactly what he's doing. Dude, look at what you're doing. You, you know, which part of the wood was, was deified? Which that you, you burned some of it up in the thing and you're using the other part for an ashtray. And now this part is the one you're bowing down to. And, and then you say all these things about it. Oh, help me, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh God, or whatever you want to call it. And, I just, and, and as I was meditating on it, I, I said, idolatry is not the worship of some piece of wood or idol. Idolatry is self-worship. Because you're worshiping the work of your own hands. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, 100% of the time, 
the work of your own hands will fail you at one point or another. This is idolatry, the work of my own hands. Not the worship of other gods, not Zeus or any of that other nonsense. These. And only when we put these, only when we return these to the Lord will we have life and peace. Make these work for God. That means all of what we have. Our brains, our bodies, the things we build, the money we make, all of those things belong to the Lord. When we do that, we return. Then we can stop being idolatrous. Because unfortunately, for one, to one extent or another, we're all idol worshipers. Something we must return to if we're going to be effective witnesses for the sake of the Lord. And I saved the best for last. So he tells us, Ranu Shemaim ki Asad Onai. Shout. Shout for joy, O heaven. For the Lord has done it. When we know that God is the one who is doing all things for us, empowering us, living out his, his life in and through us, we can shout for joy. Imagine being able to shout with perfect joy in your life. One time to just shout out with a perfect joy that wells up from within you and just blows right out of your mouth. That's what we have in store for us as we release ourselves to the Holy One so that we might glorify Him in the midst of our people to be real witnesses. Will you do that with me this year? I can't tell you some of the crazy things I've decided to sign up for this year just because God is saying, do something, you boom. You know, pray for me. Sign up for, it was your fault. It's Richard's fault. Got me signed up for a prison ministry. They fingerprinted me and everything. Fingerprinted me. After 65 years, getting fingerprinted. Trying to uh, also bring together other church leaders in the in the in the area, Greater New Haven, in an effort to apply some of these things, so that we can change the community that we live in and make it a better place. You see, so if I can do these things, if I'm going to stretch myself, decrepit old man that I am, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing in your own world. For the sake of the Jewish people, sign up for the uh, Jewish Community Center. Go to classes. If you don't know any Jewish people, you can't help them. Things like that. Stretch yourself. Go a little bit further than you thought you could. Because when we do, when we remember that our source is God, when we return, when we give everything to him, then we can shout for joy. Then we can shout for joy. Then we can shout for joy. Slytherin hound.
I know the deal. I know the deal. Because we got an X right here. Right? <laughs> For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows forth his glory. That's what we're about. You want to know our mission statement? There it is. So let's go forth and do it so that we can shout for joy. Oh, Lord, our God, we bless you. You are our God. And you've given us the spirit. You've given us your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might be able to do these things. I just talk about them. But make them happen through that power. So now, Lord, I'm going to ask you to release that power among us. Help us to find ourselves in you. To be able to shout for joy. For the joy inexplicable in our hearts. Wherever you take us. In our homes. In our work. In the communities we serve. And most especially to our people Israel. So that one day, Lord, one day, you will show forth your glory and your people Israel. And our Messiah, our Messiah will return with the clouds of heaven. And then there will be glory eternal for all of us. Lord, as we go through the rest of this uh, ten days of awe, may we reflect on these things very seriously in our lives. And make, uh, make a determination in our lives that we'll do something that will further your kingdom through our testimony, through being living examples of the power of God, being those who are willing to bear witness to the Lord's power in our lives so that the world itself may be changed. We ask these things now in the name of that agency which is, has made all things possible because of his faithful love, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. Through him we live, and in him we thank you. Let us all say, Amen. Amen.